Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Carl Mollison, founder and director of the Get Wisdom Project. Another episode is upon us, and this week it is a question. Is money the root truly of all evil? Carl, what say you? Well, first of all, I'd correct even what uh, I selected as a title, because I believe the correct scriptural quote is, the love of money is the root of all evil, not that money is, per se. So we're going to talk today about differing uses of money and get into this discussion a little bit because there's a lot of confusion. There are some misinterpretations of divine guidance that have crept in over the years. And of course, we're stuck in the world we have. If you want to change it as a party of one, good luck with that. We're, <laughs> we're, we're forced to work with the system by and large. You know, we need money to exchange for other things. So it's not a terrible system, but it's got its ins and outs. So we'll see if we can help a little bit. Well, let's start right off by digging into one of the big questions about the divine and money, and that is, is it okay to make money if you're doing work for the divine? So you ask creator, some say that making money as a light worker is wrong. Is it moral and wise to accept payment for healing and or channeling work? What are the recommended guidelines for doing so? All right, and as a channeler of creator, I have that blessing of being able to go to the Almighty and have the Almighty's words channeled through me and record them. So this is what Creator, as I call it, says about that question. The guidelines are quite simple. If you work from the heart and through love and desire to spread love to others, you are in alignment. You will find that easier to do if you have financial support in order to devote your time to the enterprise. If you must make a living through conventional means, you will have very little time to be a helper or a healer in a true, dedicated sense. This is a full-time demand to become proficient and to do so with skill. You may be able to do this on a part-time basis, but it is difficult and your reach will be quite limited as well. You will only be able to approach those you know in your circle. It takes money to have an internet website. It takes money to advertise, to let people know you have services to offer. That money must come from somewhere. The healer who takes no payment limits their reach. This does not serve the divine realm. It might serve their conscience if they hold the belief they must be pristine and avoid financial entanglements because this is a lessening of their true divine nature to do so. What we would say is this very idea that divine work must be separate from financial reward is a corruption, which has been instilled in many, many generations of religious practitioners and the healing community through all of recorded history. This is a disinformation campaign to create disempowerment because healers cannot keep up their effort with, without remuneration. How are they to live 
and have the basics of comfort, shelter, and food, let alone communicate in the modern world through what is available. They must take money for their services when this is feasible. The very idea that anything related to the divine should be freely offered is really a faulty notion on multiple levels. The light can only reach others through the transfer of energy and information. If it requires money to make the transfer, money has to come from somewhere. The information content of divine wisdom has extreme value compared to most knowledge. The gift of healing brought about by a human who engages with another to explain its possibilities and availability is a conduit to bring that loving healing energy through them to create a healing circuit with someone who suffers is providing the highest divine level of help. This is a kind of miracle when it happens, and it is beyond priceless in its potential benefits. Healers routinely change the very destiny of people they interact with. When you look at what people pay to simply extend their lives for a few short months, and the many, many thousands of dollars to beat back a looming fatal illness, even temporarily, Extending life through divine means with no side effects has tremendous financial value and tangible benefit, including a financial benefit to the recipient, as well as those who may depend on the person. To say that service should be given away is perpetuating a disinformation campaign of old, linking wealth and riches with evil and fault in the eyes of God. There is no such thought from us about riches and financial success. We wish that for all. The whole purpose of human creation is to flourish, to grow, to expand, and to have maximal expression of possibilities. That cannot happen without energy, and that is all money is. It is a currency for the transmission of energy in a convenient fashion, from one person to another. The world of humanity is currently upside down. Things of value are the ones highly prized, or things of little value are the ones highly prized. Things of great value are neglected, dismissed, demeaned, and ignored. You get what you pay for is literally true on all levels, including the level of divine wisdom. You are only hearing this channeling because there's enough support for those presenting this interview that it can come about. That is not to say taking from others first is always the most important exchange. There are many healers and helpers of all kinds who will help those truly downtrodden and suffering with no repayment. They have a different kind of payment coming from the divine realm as blessings but the immediate needs of life may not be met. This is one of the cleverest and most diabolical poisonings of the well through all of time, that good works should be done for free. In no other field does this happen to any great extent. There are some clubs that might let you in as a free member, but most will not. They don't have to. It does not serve them. It is a taking of something that they have worked for themselves. Therefore, they will not operate that way. There are charitable organizations that do great works of that kind. 
Habitat for Humanity, for instance. The gifting of homes to people is a blessing, a tremendous blessing. But those who build the homes must get money somewhere to be able to engage their time in this way. Someone has to pay the cost. And that is an individual exploration in choice. But to see money as the root of all evil is buying the poison pill of propaganda. Money is not the root of all evil. Money used for evil ends serves the darkness. But it is not money that is at fault. It is the choices of the evildoer and the evildoer making those choices who are at fault. You know, it's funny, Carl. I'm looking at my desktop, and I have a picture of a... 1970 Plymouth Superbird, which was a thing of little value for 25, 30 years, and now a pristine one is worth 300000 But it just goes to show that we're putting our priorities in all the wrong places. And, and I'm, yeah. I'm a guilty, too. I mean, I like, I like muscle cars. I'm a car guy, you know. But, uh, yeah, the point well taken. Okay. Well, I, I grew up as a preacher's kid, and I can tell you – that they've been typically made short shrift of by parishioners wanting spiritual services, wanting to have that kind of divine acceptance through doing their bit, going in and worshiping and maybe tithing to the institution and so forth. But it costs a lot of money to run a church. And I grew up basically as a poor kid. Working, you know, in a uh, being in a family supporting the Lord. So this is the way the world has been operating for a long, long time. Yeah, it's not true. that some churches don't have special circumstances and maybe an elite clientele and their pockets of great wealth and so on. But by and large, this kind of perspective is viewed universally. I think we even see it in our healthcare debate now that. You know, healthcare providers should work for nothing, and healthcare should be a right, and it's free, and and it and it ignores the vast amount of investment of learning and capital to create the technologies and provide those services by highly skilled and trained individuals. So there oh, we yeah. are. Education, same thing. We they want free education too. Well, who's going to pay the teachers? Yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's, a, it's definitely a point well taken. Um, we got a lot to cover, so let's let's move on to the next question. U.S. Creator, many illegal immigrants work in the U.S. and send a significant amount of money back to their home country. This seems a net negative to U.S. interests in terms of competition for jobs and the overall benefit to the economy. What are the ethical and karmic responsibilities of migrant workers? Okay, so here's another example of use of money and varied views about it. This is what Creator tells us. This is an off-sided reason to look disparagingly on immigrants, especially those without legal status. Whether legal or illegal, the desire to support one's relatives is a divine impulse because all are interconnected and none more so than one's blood relations. And this is both ethical and moral to do when one has the means. The fact there is a geographic separation is a product of circumstances, and more so the limitation on entry to the United States than the desire of the immigrants themselves to be a part of a fractured family. Most would prefer to bring their entire families along if this were feasible, 
In many cases, it's not, both because of the legal barriers to admission, as well as the limits on being able to survive economically if some cannot work or adapt to U.S. society and maintain their own support through their own efforts. And with the higher cost of living, this is not feasible. So they are truly a victim of circumstance. This is not chosen or desired, and in that respect, creates no karmic obligation. There are always some degrees of responsibility in everything that happens, and many activities have a mix of positive and negative elements. We regard this practice as more beneficial than harmful to humanity overall. And while there is a loss to the American economy by not having the money spent within its borders, if there is useful work being performed, no one would argue that the worker has the ultimate right to decide how each and every penny of that money is spent. It is not for others to judge. The problems of society go beyond the actions of the immigrants and their choices to further support their own family. In most cases, it is not truly as much a choice as an obligation. They are carrying a very large burden indeed and are to be admired for taking the burden on themselves and the risks as well and staying true to their values and the bonds of family to be providers in this way. You know, I think a key sentence there is the problems of society go beyond the actions of the immigrants and their choices. In other words, people might think that this is an endorsement of open borders, this, this whole passage from Creator. And I think it's not necessarily. But at the same time, Creator is definitely pointing out that at the individual level, the individuals have the obligation to care for their family, and there's no karmic burden created from that. Yeah. Well, this is a kind of a microscopic look at ongoing conditions, not how we got here, whether right. that was a good idea, and whether these people are taking risks even in doing what they do. There's a lot of complexity in this, and and probably all the different types of scenarios play out for one or another or many individuals. So we just do the best we can as we move along. And so this is another slice of the economic spectrum and how people use money and why in the divine perspective. What is a divine perspective on inheritance? All right. And this is what Creator says about that. We see the transfer of wealth from generation to generation being normal and appropriate to honor one's blood relations, especially with the basic inequality of individual human beings across the board. Well, I think that's the... So that's that's, it. That's the briefest answer we've given from Crater on this show. (laughs) Well, I, I think that's true. But I think it's an interesting juxtaposition with what we were just talking about. You know, people bemoan the idea of illegal immigrants sending money back to the home country for their family members. And yet when people die, they expect their wealth is going to go to their loved ones in, in the family who they decree with their will and not go to the collective of humanity yeah, and not think, go to the state. I think that's a very good point. Very good yeah. point. It's so who is being selfish here? Yes. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's in the eye of the beholder. Indeed. Wow, we're flying already. Uh, let's get on to the last, last question here. What is the divine perspective on usury? All right. And Creator says, this is a side effect of needing money as a means of energy exchange. 
It creates the opportunity to have power over others by being ahead of them with regard to the abundance of money one has access to. The ideal world is one where wealth is shared. You have nothing like this on the earth, and that is an outgrowth of corruption more than anything else, but it certainly is more of a challenge to be fair if one ends up with a shortfall personally, having given much away. So there are many consequences of living with uncertainty and insecurity, even with respect to personal survival and having enough abundance to carry one through one's life in terms of food and shelter and so forth. The entire scenario here is illustrating the low level of conduct that money represents as a medium of doing business. The fiat money system has the illusion of stability, so it is not the same as something based on tangible assets. So this is a continual challenge and will be more and more so coming to the foreground as a result of currency collapsing with economic downturns. This brings to a head the issue of personal independence and the extent to which one can trust one's neighbors and the government and its representatives as well because one is often dealing with such bodies and even the bank system depends on the government to provide money in exchange for credits of various kinds and illustrates how fragile things truly are in reality. Oh, that's, that's not a comforting last sentence there. Well, <laughs> I mean, we know, truly are. we know from you know, our life experience that people do often what they get away with. Right. And so the person with means has power and they can use that power as they choose up to the legal boundaries, of course. And usury is very much, I think, something where people are taking unfair advantage of others. And if we explore this a little further, we would, I'm sure, draw that out. Yes. This is a rather short answer, and it, asked, it addressed maybe one aspect. And people really being dependent on the system, that's the main problem here. And then the, var- the vagaries, the irregularities, the distortions come in where people who have means can lord it over others. And you see this in healthcare in a sense of skyrocket oh, costs, yeah. you know, that they, they charge, you know, huge and huge amounts of money for a short procedure in an OR. So this, this is, uh, it's a question of humans working things out in a better way, but we're not there yet for sure. Oh, yeah. And, and you have experience with that, having been in the pharmaceutical industry in your past and seeing the cost of drugs these days. Oh, my gosh. And there's something to be said. I mean, research costs money, of course, but, uh, yeah, the yeah. disparity is unbelievable. Well, and again, it's a question of who can control it, what is fair. There right. are many differing views. So the money does distort things. You know, people uh, have, have commented that the U.S., has the greatest government money can buy. Yes. And that's just another way of looking at that aspect, that, that money talks and uh, it gets things done. And it controls the minds and hearts of legislators all too much. So, Indeed. We're going to discuss where money really came from right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome to the second segment of Get Wisdom. This week we are talking about money, something that everybody needs and most love, actually. <laughs> yes. Carl, you asked creator, what is the origin of money as a tool to facilitate commerce and were there sinister influences involved? And creator answers, this is a big subject indeed because it not only a representative of energy and therefore a power of its own, it is also a vector for evil, and the way in which it is controlled and regulated is also quite revealing about the current power structure and who it truly serves. The idea of money is extraterrestrial in origin. It is how they conduct their own affairs, having a form of money as a type of energy exchange they can use among themselves to transfer power and authority, and also with other civilizations under their control who must follow along and use the same means of exchange. There is obvious convenience in having something simple and efficient to handle as a medium of exchange, rather than actual commodities or various goods, let alone the services often needing to be compensated for, that have no ready counterpart as a medium of exchange and would require a barter system for paying something equivalent in desirability. Such systems, as used in bartering, are quite cumbersome and not suited for a modern setting where there are large concentrations of people who are highly specialized in their activities and function and whose work is very abstract, being one link in a long chain of events that must be coordinated to bring about creation of a new product of value or a service of some kind with many component parts and players. To keep all this running would be too, too complicated to arrange through a barter system. So therefore, a surrogate, a medium of exchange universally accepted, is a powerful idea that makes such endeavors possible and will allow them to run smoothly. There is nothing inherently evil in this arrangement. The key is whether the surrogate for goods and services has enough inherent value in its own right that its quantity is in keeping with the nature of the value it represents 
rather than something that is artificial and can be created in high volume at little or no cost, but is only represented as having value. And then there is a great danger of a manipulation and a loss for those over-interpreting and over-appreciating its true worth. This is the great defect in fiat currencies printed arbitrarily and as needed by powerful governments who, in the doing, cheapen its value and risk ruin for those accepting the money and believing its value and giving away their livelihood in exchange for a promise that might not be paid in the end. This illustrates the flaw in the idea and in the system itself that using something to represent work rests solely on a mutual agreement. When those controlling things are working against the human underlings, you cannot trust their system of government nor finance to be fair and equitable. But to have many hidden inefficiencies and risks of financial manipulation and even collapse that could be of great benefit to the interlopers. So the fluidity of money as a medium of exchange is overshadowed by the risks it represents and having no intrinsic value of its own unless backed by something tangible. This is a hard-won lesson that is learned over and over through history and will be learned yet again in the current generation. So here we have a potential warning. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you can read between the lines probably as good as I can. And, you know, we're up for a lesson, guys. Uh-oh. Oh, who'd have thought that crater was a gold bug? But it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> well, and, you know, believe me, we, we don't like beating up on anybody. I mean, we're, we're in the divine wisdom business and we we want to have things go well for everyone. That's our goal. That's why we're doing our healing work. But we're having to live with the world as it is and all its flaws and the institutions. And there are a lot of things that are not running well and don't make sense and cause problems. And the financial system is one of them. And you can look at and track the value of the dollar over the past century. It's down, I think, about, you know, three cents on the dollar yeah. by this point. So yeah. there you go. This is paper, you know, paper yes. money. Fiat currency. Well, yeah. well, there's another question on that later on in the show, so stay tuned. It gets more interesting. U.S. creator, what is the real truth about gold and why is it valuable? All right. And creator says there are many truths about most things. Gold has long been valued and prized. This comes not only because of its material properties, its scarcity, its beauty, its convenience as a store of value when considered to be money, but also historically has had a place in history in a way few people know. It was sought by an early extraterrestrial incursion for purposes of their own, and they came and did gold mining for centuries to extract this material for use in their own world and also enslaved humanity to serve them in this way. This left a very, very deep karmic legacy within humanity in knowing how highly prized gold is. And that has a bearing as well. There are other precious materials that could be suitable, 
But that is the deep historical value and karmic history behind gold and its place in the iconic level as representing value. The other attributes, to be sure, are valid and are worthy in seeing gold as special. And if you look at what nations do in their finances, you will find that all across the world, all major nations and some smaller countries as well, hold significant stores of gold. They will say publicly, quote, gold is a barbarous relic, unquote, to diminish public interest in its ownership because they want their own invented money to be seen as valuable. But the inner truth of things is gold is really the centerpiece of worth and value and will underpin the world finances for long to come. Wow. I mean, there's so much here that we could probably talk for the rest of the show just on this one channeling, Carl. But unfortunately, we can't. we got a lot more to cover. Uh, but we'll, we'll definitely talk more about gold coming up. There's U.S. creator, there is much talk suggesting that we should be buying gold due to the threat of a global crash and likely end to the use of paper money. Is there any truth to this? Should we be preparing in any way? And is there a timeline regarding this concern? Well, and this is what Creator says in this particular exchange. The value of gold has not gone away, despite the many naysayers and financial advisors who look upon gold as a barbarous relic, for example, which reflects their disinterest and disdain for viewing gold as a store of wealth. But that is the reality. It is a consistent store of wealth over vast spans of time. Whereas no currency created by a government has lasted for much more than a century. That is a very poor track record indeed concerning stability of currency as a reliable store of wealth. We see gold continuing to have that distinction and become an increased haven of safety with coming financial turmoil. We cannot give you a timeline for this as the forces that will bring this turmoil about are in a state of flux with their planning, and many things can happen, but the timing is the least certain. There have been many potential calamities that have been delayed, some due to intercession by the divine realm to keep things stable for a time. But we can tell you that putting trust in gold has a long-term safe haven for savings will be rewarded handsomely in what is coming. You know, they, the powers that be don't like gold uh, as a means of stabilizing the currency because it puts a limit on government spending. It puts a limit on the amount that you can increase the money supply. Yeah. And if you have a big pet project you want to pursue, having limits is not something they want. So, yeah. you know, the fiat currency makes sense. And we have short lifespan. This is probably a distinction between us and the extraterrestrials. They're probably a little saner in terms of their the management of their money system because they're much more long-lived. And therefore, yeah. within the span of a single lifetime, if they were to do what we're doing, they, they'd experience multiple crashes and depressions, and they would put in place systems to protect against that. We, on the other hand, maybe experience once in a lifetime a significant money collapse, you yeah. know, and, it's, and the next generation forgets it. Well, and yes, and, and meanwhile, the government does a switch on us and undermines things without us blinking an eye because we're kept in ignorance. So we used to have the gold standard behind our currency. Yes. So any bill on paper, you could go into a bank and get gold bullion. 
right yes. there in the bank. It was a gold certificate, in fact. Yes. And it changed to silver certificates. And then that all went away. And now it's just paper <laughs> with the promise <laughs> that you can get other paper for it. Or coinage, you know, such as it is. It's not really silver coins anymore. It's other metals and so on, base metals. But but this is a gradual progression. And yeah. it's not heading in a good way. No, and since the 2008 collapse, they've basically taken all restrictions against money inflation off of the Federal Reserve. So there is no... <laughs> base standard of, of money supply it can increase infinitely which of course is why inflation is there and things are going up like crazy uh, we could talk forever on this stuff um, let's get on to the next topic because we got a lot to cover what you asked creator what is the divine perspective on taxation property tax sales tax and income tax all right and creator says in a money-based world this is very appropriate it is a way of extracting a share from each citizen in proportion to involvement, utilization, and their own productivity. So when taxes are personalized and customized for a person's means to pay, there is a general fairness about what is being asked, and if not taken to excess, can be a fair means of paying ongoing overhead and not destroying anyone's personal finances. As in all things done by humans, the question of taxation comes down to the issue of fairness. Is it being done in a fair fashion, applied uniformly and in a way that will not be overburdening the person and taking away most of the gains from their income? Human experience has shown again and again this can backfire and actually act as a disincentive for human productivity. People will be disinclined to work hard if the majority of their income is taken away in taxes. So there needs to be a reasonable balance between the needs of society and its governance, which costs money, and the rights of people to have property and create personal savings that may grow into wealth and serve as a reasonable and justifiable reward for their hard work. So much depends on where one lives, the nature of the government running things, and whether people are being treated with fairness or exploited through excessive taxation. <laughs> you know, the, the tax code is like feet long now. It's ridiculous. Um, and I think uh, there was a Roman philosopher who once said that uh, the more numerous the laws, the more corrupt the state. And when you look at the tax law, that's certainly an example of that. But it's the, the point is well taken here that, you know, there has to be some means of funding, you know, the, uh, the common shared resources, fire, health, yeah. education, etc. Well, and the politics of the day are typically much more heat than light, and it's, it's typically focus, focused on the issue of taxation. Yep. How much are you going to take away from the people? Yeah. But not so much on where the money goes and why. Yes, very little and, of that. Yeah, and a lot of the, the big appetites for money are kind of sacrosanct. They're sort of blessed by the state and then the people are expected to fall in line and worship at the shrine and not question the wisdom behind it. And this is how things have gone for a long, long time. So a lot of people have argued it's not so much there isn't enough money to go around. It's just that most of it is being siphoned away from oh, right. the majority of the people. 
I don't think anybody would disagree with that at this point. Um, and taxation is a wonderful topic if you want to get people riled up and, you know, getting at each other's throats, you know, as a distraction, essentially, you know, that, that it's an important topic, but, you know, it's it's not really addressing the, the core issues in society. It's, it's kind of a sidebar. It, it's a great way to exploit people. Yes, it, it is. There are many inequities. And again, there are many distortions and things become a political hot button and a way of rewarding political classes. And this, oh, yeah. is, the, this is the game of politics, seducing as many voters likely to lean your way as possible with promises and, and, and maybe rewards if you can get legislation through, which often doesn't happen. But at least yeah. people think they're going to get something better. And it's a game. It's all yep. a game, unfortunately. Well, we see a lot of it going on today. <laughs> all right, we got one more question to get through before the break. What is the divine perspective on absentee ownership of the means of production? All right, and Creator says, there is nothing inherently wrong or unsavory or ill-conceived regarding absentee ownership. This is simply a consequence of a system that has a persisting value in what it is rating and ranking. So a business arrangement that can continue over time and the exchange of goods and services arranged in such a way that both parties are satisfied. In that win-win scenario, there is no need to be worried about who gets what or who has an advantage or even who is setting the rules. The virtue of a recognizable standardized currency is that it is widely recognized and understood to have certain innate value. And that streamlines things considerably, and it makes business transactions very transparent. One always knows what one is getting, as long as the currency is stable, that is. Interesting. Um, absentee ownership, of course, implies stock ownership of some sort, you know, and, and that's, that's a form of currency, if you think about it, because you can actually trade in stock, you can pass it on as inheritance to other generations, um, and it certainly is a, a means that has worked well in this country, for sure. Well, and it is a logical way that outsiders with no special skills or knowledge about some enterprise can contribute and to participate in the ownership, if you will, by giving money to the company to help it run, help it expand. And that will reward them with stock valuation rising and so forth. So it is a system that can work. But, you know, like everything else, it's subject to the distortions of the greater world. And as far as it goes, we're getting kind of a thumbs up from creator that there is nothing really wrong with a system like this mm-hmm. or even sole proprietorships. You know, if people have something of great value and they know how to make it work and they hire underlings and so forth, well, that provides work. It provides income and so forth. And this is an evil on its face. It's really how you run it, who you help or who you hurt, and what that balance might be. And that's true of all of life. Well, we certainly know that uh, stock ownership is a, is a hallmark of capitalism, and we're going to uh, look at the alternative that many people are advocating, socialism, when we get back right after this break.
think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the last segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about money and by extension, economics. And uh, we're looking at the juxtaposition of capitalism and socialism, interesting enough. Carl, you asked creator, what is the divine perspective on might makes right versus share and share alike? All right. And this is what creator says about this kind of overview encapsulation of two differing perspectives. The former is a human perspective. The latter is divine. Anything can be taken to extremes and become non-divine if misapplied, but it is good to have reminders and to understand and recognize a divine way of doing things and establish a code of conduct to follow reasonable guidelines because what will ensue is reasonable action by employees that will enhance their effectiveness and happiness on the job and all will benefit connected with the organization. Interesting. So, so that's the share and share alike end of the spectrum. Yes. But the interesting thing is it says anything can become non-divine if misapplied. So even something like share and share alike can become a problem if it's misapplied. So that's an interesting point. Yeah. And I think one of the difficulties is scale up. Yes. <laughs> and this is what society bumps into uh, currently with the idea of socialism, that we can run the whole world this way, certainly the whole U.S. this way, if you vote for the right folks. Well, we may find out. <laughs> All right, U.S. creator. There is a growing interest in socialism as a, as a proposed system for the U.S. government to embrace. With a promised list of free services like universal health care, higher education, guaranteed income, etc., is this a divine way to organize society? Is there enough wealth? Is it even practical? Well, this is what Creator says. This would be a divine way of organizing society if its citizenry were divine beings. 
while your origin is divine, and technically you are still a divine extension of creator, you are present in a flawed form with a limited and fragile physical existence and limited awareness of the higher realms, how they think, and your true soul potential, let alone having the maturity and divine alignment still to carry out such a program in a fair fashion and deal with the economic consequences. There would be a huge day of reckoning that would be quite painful because the U.S. government is bankrupt and has been for quite a while. It is living on borrowed time through money creation out of thin air at the expense of a devaluation of the U.S. dollar. This can only happen because the dollar is the world reserve currency. So the U.S. has a unique status and can get away with money printing in a way other nations are not able to do. This will not go on forever and will be a quite painful comeuppance when there is a financial collapse because of the artificial nature in the way the U.S. government operates. So with that backdrop, to impose a divine level way of running things where people will all work and work hard in order to do their very best simply because it is the right thing to do with the fruit of their labor going to the human collective rather than hoarded personally will be seen as impractical and will not be embraced across the board because it is unworkable. Humans are just not ready for this to be a workable system yet. There are too many ways the system is rigged to reward the few by the labor of the many. And this will keep people suspicious and cynical about money going to undeserving recipients. It is not always easy to tell when people are malingering and getting more than their share and fairly. There are many who would exploit a socialist system and human nature being what it is currently among the physical population. It would be difficult to keep people highly motivated to make a sacrifice through hard work if too many expensive rewards are simply handed out and become expected as a given simply by existing with no work requirement built in. So people are seeing that some things like healthcare ought to be a basic human right and education as well, but this cannot be offered when the current price tag is too great to make it affordable to dispense universally. You are correct in asking about this because the way prices have mushroomed, it is no longer possible to make a living wage that will pay for all of these services, whether it is done in a capitalist system or done by the government doling it out through a socialist government priority. It is simply not supportable and sustainable through taxation. Even taxing the rich to, quote, pay their fair share, unquote, will not bring in enough revenue. The costs have simply escalated to an unsustainable height. So this would require a re-engineering of society from top to bottom, especially as regards healthcare. The cost of educating physicians and in doing research to provide new treatments, even basic education cannot be afforded while paying teachers current salaries without significant taxation and higher education cannot be given to all under such a system with the current means of financing the cost. This is simply a harsh reality when so many resources have been squandered for so many years 
And people have not been given a true picture about where money goes and the true cost of things in terms of available capital. Wow. You know, it'd be, it'd be great if the, we could hear these words, some of these debates going on right now. <laughs> I doubt that you will. <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. And anybody who tries seems to end up with silence when they're done. So that's not a good sign either. Uh, the U.S. creator, critics of socialism point to the fact that it has universally failed throughout history. So to try it now would be sheer folly. Is this true? And if so, why? All right, and this is Creator's answer. A socialist system cannot work in the current human society. People are too selfish, and this includes the government as a body of human beings. It wants to grow, and it wants to protect its own self-interest. This is true of the political class as well. They want to be handsomely rewarded and even live a luxurious lifestyle by being highly paid for their contributions. And to be sure, they have some special economic burdens and needing to travel to Washington or to a state capital, as the case may be, a large part of the time and often need dual residences to support the lifestyle of government service. But that is only a small part of the picture. There simply are not enough resources to have the government be the sole provider of many key necessities of life, like education and health care along with things like subsidizing income or providing a guaranteed income at a basal level for all citizens without essentially having everyone work for the state quite directly. This would stifle private initiative when money is taken from you, but everyone expects to be supported by the government. This will end in a financial collapse sooner or later because people cannot easily be forced to work if there is not an economic incentive to do so. And people being essentially corrupted to be selfish will take the easy way out and not share the load, but become a burden. So the means of generating wealth will fall to an increasingly smaller portion of the citizenry, and this will undermine the goal of benefiting all equally and fairly. There needs to be a corruption-free citizenry who are all in divine alignment and see a clear duty and personal responsibility they are willing to accept, not only without trying to game this system in any way, but with great joy and personal pride and satisfaction in their ability to contribute greatly to the benefit of others as well as the self. That cannot happen when people have a self-serving perspective that comes through being disconnected from the divine and in an environment that is highly competitive and working for the self is necessary for survival, let alone having a high standard of living where one can have the enjoyment of some luxuries and not be simply eking out a basal level of survival. There will be a future where this is the standard way of doing things, but it is extremely hard to do in a practical way as physical beings because of the many limitations of the physical form and its fragile nature. It is much easier as light beings when there is great independence and the ability to manipulate energy, which is available readily and directly by each individual. And anything one wants can be self-created. So there is no need for money simply to exist and have the basic needs met. So, in a sense, the lofty ideal of a socialist system is a carryover from the awareness 
of higher perspectives and living in that mode. But it does not translate readily to the physical realm to begin with. And given the nature of human society where people are so heavily corrupted by the influence of dark spirit attachments and the overlay of extraterrestrial interlopers truly controlling things for their personal benefit and subjugating humanity while draining away their resources and the fruit of their labor to a significant degree, it is premature to strive for an ideal governance when there is a bigger problem, being that you are not in control of your own world. Wow, that last sentence really sums it up. It is premature to strive for an ideal governance when there is a bigger problem. Of course, he's talking about the interlopers. (laughs) Yes, well, we've got two different kinds. We've talked about this a number of times. It sounds crazy. (laughs) I'm fully aware of that. I don't like it any more than you do. But this is what I run into in my work day in and day out. People are corrupted by dark spirit attachments. And they make people break the law, they create crime, they create personality problems, personality disorders, mental illness, all sorts of wrongdoing, selfishness, narcissism, and on and on and on. And that is corrupting extraterrestrial civilizations, some of whom are here. Yes. And, and they have designs on our world. And so this, this creates a huge, huge mess. We need okay. divine help to get out from under it. Absolutely. Yeah. Earlier on in this very channeling, creators basically asked the court, you know, said, are we corrupt free beings? You know, you got to have corrupt free citizenry in order to have a system like socialism. Obviously, we are not corrupt and free. And the interlopers are a big reason, but not the only reason for it, but they're certainly a big reason for it. So unless till we get them out of here, striving for an ideal governance is chasing our tails. Well, we have essentially the illusion of free will. People don't like to hear that. But we're programmed all the time, 24-7, through subliminal messages and so on. It sounds like a paranoid, scare tactic or delusional, bizarre scheme coming from someone who is mentally disturbed. But given that extraterrestrials have civilizations perhaps billions of years older than ours. Their technology is up to the task of programming people with beliefs. So all bets are off when that can happen, and that's going on right now. So this, this is a challenge in how to run our world. So when you see something out of sync that doesn't make a lot of sense, It's usually engineered to be that way, to create divisions and discord, mess things up, throw a monkey wrench into the works, and they do it at all levels of society. Well, Carl, we're running out of time. I'm encouraging all of you to visit GetWisdom.com, where we actually have a database of divine wisdom channeled from Creator through Carl. The questions are there as long as all the answers, and you can go there and you can do research on all of these issues. Yes, we know much more than we can tell you in a a radio program of this kind. And it's good to know. And this creator says, it's better to know truth than to live a lie. The choice is yours. Indeed. You You decide. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Also, check out our uh, free downloads. We can get a prayer book and how to 
Pray Effectively. You can get that at GetWisdom.com slash prayer. You can also check out the Lightworker Healing Protocol at uh, GetWisdom.com slash LHP. And you can also get the Creator Speaks, a number of passages about uh, the biggest questions that have been asked by humanity. You can get that at GetWisdom.com slash creator. Thanks again, Carl, for doing this. And we'll be back next week with another show. All right. Take care, everyone. Take care. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 